Hello, welcome to the Collecting Heroes podcast. I'm your host, JD, the collector of collectors, and this is the place where I interview pop culture collectors from around the world. Today, I have a question for you, and it's a it's a Dwight Schrute question. Do you want to form an alliance with me? And I ask that because my next guests, they are Rick and Piper, and they are the hosts of the Pop Collectors Alliance podcast. Rick and Piper, thanks for being on the show. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Is it Rick and Piper or Piper and Rick? Uh, I think it's interchangeable. Reference? Yeah, it's completely yeah. interchangeable. It's very fluid. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, as I said, we, we've been chatting a little bit. I, I always do a bit of a warm-up conversation with people that come on the podcast. Um, but I mentioned I've been listening to you guys for a while. Actually, first found your podcast early last year, I believe. Uh, I was out going for walks, looking for a podcast to listen to. And I, I think I may have been searching for Funko and I saw that there was someone talking about Funko NFTs and I started listening during those episodes. So I'm sure you've probably found a few people have found you that way. But for people who aren't familiar with your podcast, give us a bit of the background. How did Port Collectors Alliance, how, how did that start out? So it's actually really funny. So Piper and I, we, you know, we came together in a completely unrelated manner and i needed a website to be designed for me and we had a mutual friend and he was like i know this guy that does websites and he, he introduced us and so we went through the designs and i think piper and i were on like I, I don't know it was like some video call and i saw a bunch of pop figures in the back and i was like man you collect pops he's like yeah i collect pops and i was like so do i that's awesome and he had a podcast I had different podcasts and we had like a, a sort of network thing going on. And then we were talking one day and we we're just like, why don't we just do a podcast about pop? Because we both collect it. We both done podcasts before. So it was sort of the natural occurrence of things because we, we both had massive collections and we collected different things, but we, you know, we enjoyed the hobby. So, I mean, one thing led to another and, you know, five years later, here it's, we are. It's almost at six now. Yeah. It's the craziest thing. It's all just because of, it's funny the guy that you knew you were you guys in the air force together no we worked uh, at the same place okay so, yeah yeah so and then and i worked with this guy I, I used to work at circuit city like forever ago like electronic store and uh he and i just we were friends and i guess rick and him were friends and it just kind of all <laughs> it all meshed in there nicely awesome awesome but uh, listening to you guys it seems as though you know someone listening may think that you guys are, are like childhood friends the way you you've got this really great connection i think and a you know real great chemistry um no i hate this guy as well i, I don't i don't like him <laughs> I'm, I'm forced to do this this is that's just how it goes we're like we yeah we just we don't talk unless we're in the same room now that's, nope. that's not inaccurate let's, let's, <laughs> let's be honest but but the truth is is that i think that what's so crazy about it is that you know one there's chemistry and i appreciate that the, the compliment and, and we try to, you know, sometimes people prepare for shows and people like work really hard at doing things. And I'm not saying that we don't like we write shows and things like that, but sometimes our lives get busy and we've built sort of a chemistry over time that one week we'll be like, uh, we don't really have a topic. Let's throw something together. And then it's like two seconds and we've sort of built this bond not only through collecting. I mean, we're best friends, right? So we've known each other for a while and it just kind of, I don't know, it was weird. Our, our personality is kind of like, I'm trying to beat the drum and get through the episode piper's got that color commentary and it always seems to work out and we switch roles sometimes too but i mean i think that it, it kind of naturally occurred over time and and it's grown to what it is 
Yeah, and as I said, that that chemistry definitely comes through, and that friendship definitely comes through. And and I honestly don't think that you can say that you hate someone without loving them first, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh man! <laughs> like no, you I could agree. dislike someone if you don't really know them, but to really hate someone, I think you have to have known them and and really cared for them on some level. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're in that perpetual state of. Ever you're at flow. your friend's house for too long and you're like what wait a second what <laughs> i need to go home <laughs> but you know we've been sep geographically separated for uh, i don't know like two years almost now yeah. and coming back together you know we had a hiatus on the podcast and just mm -hmm. coming back again and we like literally jumped right back into the saddle so it's been pretty epic the you know the last 15 episodes where we've sort of come back together and and started again and reinvigorated things and the store and everything as, as we move on. So it's been a very unique experience. Let's actually, that's a great um, segue because I wanted to mention the store. You have the store PCA toys in Keller, Texas. Mm -hmm. Did that exist prior to the podcast as well? Have, how long has the store been around? Well, I mean, kind of like we've always done conventions together. Like Ricky started doing cons prior to like us meeting each other, but since then like we've done a, a, quite a few of them over the past like five years like and so yeah yeah i guess in that sense it did and it, it has always functioned in that in that name that same namespace but i would say at some level that that commerce monster thing has existed yeah i think it's a natural attrition of sort of like piper said i had a con thing where i was doing things and then we were we found a space and it was poor timing on my part because I was actually leaving. But I mean, it it's it, when you talk about something so much and then you get that opportunity to transition it into, you know, a business and sort of enhance the experience for everyone. I think it's been unique in that regard because I don't think that you see a tremendous amount while some people capitalize on their social media influence, but people that genuinely care about you know, podcasting or things along those lines that actually turn that into, you know, a store or traveling and selling things. Yeah. I think there's also a passion that you must have to, to do that, right? Like, obviously, you are collectors <laughs> as well. But I mean, looking at Piper's face right now, you're definitely not making a million dollars once the store opens there, right? Like, you're doing it as a, as a bit of a passion thing. How's that been for you? And what's how difficult is the journey for that or how easy is it because of the passion oh my gosh it's not easy at all <laughs> so <laughs> i think the thing the thing that really has enabled us to do that is because yeah you're right you're not going to make a million dollars especially not up front it takes a long time mm -hmm. you have to build that following and you have to which we have through the podcast and and through our, our social media and stuff like that but on, on top of that just like the local following and the nice thing is like my other job I, i'm a web developer so my job allows me to work remotely and i kind mm -hmm. of get to choose my own hours so the combination of that and then having the store has kind of made it work and i'm not so i'm not dependent on uh you know running the store and you know making enough money to like live off of because you know my other job facilitates that so yeah it is a hundred percent passion especially when i'm putting in 80 90 hours a week between like like i just that's what my life consists of building websites spending as much time with my family as i as they will you know or i guess the least amount of time as they will physically allow <laughs> and then literally the rest of my time is at the store i think this week i have not left there before 2 a.m uh for, from wow. 
from Tuesday until well today I got off at like 6 30 so that was nice but yeah it's it's definitely it's a labor of love for sure so and you know especially with Rick has been out of the out of the state for the past like what do, is it two years is yeah, it two, two years, years? Yeah. so now it'll be it'll be nice that we'll be able to work on it together so maybe take a little bit of weight off I think one of the the things that uh, the platform allows us to do is to show people both sides of it, peel back the curtain and that layer too. I mean, it's uh, one of the things that you don't know, or, you know, as a listener or a collector, the, the hours like Piper had talked about, not only the store, but setting up cons and tearing down and everything that's involved in it. And uh, it, it's, it's a unique experience. You see, you see all of it, right. And you see the sort of the background, the good and the bad and the ugly and the great and the amazing, because you, Cons are such a unique opportunity to meet people. The store is a unique opportunity to meet people. So you really get to engage not only with your audience, but you build an audience off of that too because you share that passion with your customers. People don't realize that when you're tearing down a convention that it's like, well, I'm six hours away from my house. It's mm -hmm. Sunday night at eight o'clock. I need to tear this all down. I need to load up the U-Haul. I need to drive six hours back from terrible Houston. And then we get <laughs> here, have to unload everything because we got to get the U-Haul back at nine o'clock in the morning. So you just put in a 28 hour day. It is, they don't oh, see wow. that part. They see the fun part of like, oh, I get to walk around and get autographs and buy cool <laughs> trinkets and things. No, you don't, you don't know the hard parts, kids. If you're doing a convention together, do you work it out so that like if each of you wants to go and see a certain panel or go maybe get a signature for a certain person, is is there a schedule you have to work on beforehand as well? I don't think there's a schedule. We just like say, hey, I'm leaving. And the other person's <laughs> like, okay, give me a hot dog. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's, it's pretty like, I, yes, I guess so. There's, there's some, like when you're doing like a larger event, like, for us here, uh, Fan Expo Dallas, it's really, it was 80,000. Does that mean people are? Yeah. So that, something like that. Yeah, there is there is a level of coordination. We usually have a lot of help when we go out to these things because like my wife will come out there and then our friends will come out there and, and help and, at the booth. Like we have, um, we have a producer for the podcast. His name's Brandon. We've mentioned him a million times on the podcast. Mm -hmm. he, he always yes. comes out and helps if we need him to stand at the booth while we go to the bathroom or like if we need him to go and even, or take pictures or just do stuff for the podcast, he, he's there to help. So we do have, it's, it's not just the two of us. I think doing a big convention is very, very difficult with just two people. Yeah. Uh, so it, we, we have that help, but yeah, there is, there's a level of, of, you know, communication that you have to have, but it's not like we don't like pre-plan anything out. That's uh, I, my brain is too small for that. Yeah. It's like uh ebbs and flows. If, yeah. if there's, if there's that break in time where our booth isn't surrounded, it's like, Hey, I'm going to win is that? Here. When is that? It's not very often, but you <laughs> maybe get like two or three times a day. And then that's when you run out. Yeah. That's your, that's your one bathroom break. I hope you use it wisely. <laughs> it's not one of those ones where you're going to sit there looking at your phone for 30 minutes you've got to get get in and out right oh, i don't know we've ever i've never been in a convention like that like usually <laughs> we have a good we always have a good turnout we promote it quite a bit and we tend to have really good prices i think as far as like conventions go and we always bring like good items so we we tend to have a lot of foot traffic so i kind of like this good and bad you know because it would be yeah. nice to like maybe if we had on sunday it'd be great if it was slow but no it, it doesn't ever tend to be that way when cons have just exploded i don't know if it's the same way over there but they've been just even in through covid you know you lost some uh -huh. of it but as it's come back i think it's come back 
to the times, you know, to the factor of two, because every convention this year that I've heard of, or we have friends that are exhibiting, they're just like, it's, it's crazy. Well, we were just at uh, me and Brandon, we were at uh, Texas smash. It's like my hero academia. It's like just had a bunch of voice actors there. And that's all it was, was just voice actors. That place was packed. It was insane. And I, I did not anticipate it. We just went to like, just go and hang out and like meet people and buy a couple of things. And yeah, it was like wall to wall people. And we went on Sunday too. It was, it was very crazy. I was not prepared. So that's, that's kind of been how the whole season so far has been. And, and even getting into conventions for us has been a challenge. Whereas in the past we could just, you know, call them up, the, the promoters up and be like, Hey, we need this many booths. And they've in the past, they're just like, yeah, sure. But now it's like, sorry, you are on a mile long waiting list. Uh, maybe next year. Well, well, I mean, that's what, one of the things I was actually thinking when you're talking about it. I was thinking how many, like, since obviously the pandemic is now, we're moving away from that. Um, and things are getting back to, to normal, quote unquote. How many, on, on average, how many conventions would you have done a year prior to that? And where are you at now? Well, I think that we had started ramping up right before COVID. So a normal convention year for us was like three or four. And then this year we had planned to try and do six um, and really try to drive things to scale, but it was just so hard to get into. I think we're going to end up around the four or five range. Mm -hmm. And then knowing that next year, the plan is to be at like 10 or 12. But our ultimate goal is to to do a show a month at least. Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, around here. There's a lot of like small pop ups and like mm -hmm. just like street shows and stuff like that that we can get into as well. That are like one day things. Um, and there's a lot of like pop swaps and and things like that. So it, we have we have avenues. I think they're not all obviously going to be as big as you know, say like Fan Expo Dallas or something like that. But well, there, there's plenty of things that we can do if we're just like, man, we need to go do a show. There's probably something going on. And what about the Mecca that is San Diego or even New York? Have, have you done those ones yet or are they on the list? We have, we've never vendored at one, but we have been to all of those multiple times. I've been to Emerald city three times and I've been to New York twice. And then we've done, we've been to toy fair. Have we done once or twice at toy fair? Uh, I've done it once. We've done it twice. Okay, cool. So yeah, we've, uh, we've been to a bunch of the events, but yeah, those are, that's intimidating and it's so expensive because you have to get the stuff like we are like, we have the, uh, unfortunate location of being very far away from all of those. Like yeah. we've, we've done the drive to New York for New York comic-con before. <laughs> and we have, we have, it's well, well documented. How long is that? And, Oh, we do. Oh, it was 26 hours. 26 hours. But it took mm. us like it took us like four hours to get out of Dallas because it was just like, hey, guess what? Uh, gridlock today and the only oh, day. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So it took us a long time to get out. But one, even once we got out, it was it was just it was long and we stopped halfway. We were we stopped in Tennessee and we slept for three hours in a hotel because we had a deadline because we had interviews that we had to do because we were meeting up with um a couple different toy makers and then we had to pick up uh, my buddy in northern virginia before we got to new york so it was like we had we had got to get there at a certain time and then so it was just it was chaos we, it was not it was not enjoyable once we got there it was great like new york is like one of my favorite places in the world but yeah getting there was not it wasn't good and the con <laughs> itself when you exhibit there uh 
getting a booth i think it's the the floor right i don't think we'll ever get into san diego because it's just that's all corporate yeah and it's i i lineage right there's yeah. people that have been there year after year after year so that's you know you have a floor space set that's like we have these sponsors these people that are going to be there because of the traffic new york you could still get into as an exhibitor i think it was like a year-long waiting list or something like that yeah. but it's all timing those are expensive shows it's like $2,700 for one 10 by 10 booth. You get a thumbnail size booth. Emerald City is really easy because they're, they have a lot of focus on like small creators and small vendors. Okay. So that's a, that's a simple show to get into. And, but yeah, the other two are, are definitely like you, you got to, there's a lot of hopes and prayers to get in there. Nice. And would each of you, uh, um, um, you can take turns at giving each of your own or you can choose one each, but I'd, I'd love to hear your your experiences going to the conventions and 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 all these different meetups what's what's your one nightmare story and what's your favorite story as well I'll, you i'll take i'll take the new york city comic-con trip is that the cocaine hobos is that one no is, you oh. could take the cocaine hobos at emerald city <laughs> no that wasn't my that wasn't my like terror I'll, you start and then i will yeah we'll, we'll we'll just i think our universally let's we'll tag team this story nice. um uh but it, it is i think universally accepted as our worst nightmare story of the, <laughs> the new york comic-con trip so like piper said we we wanted to we we wanted to go to new york and here here's the thing that people don't understand about cons like if you're funko collectors like us and you get into the line we have a large following so back back in those times you get into the line we buy one of everything and then we do a lot of giveaways we do games with our listeners and things like that when we live stream so we're there to buy the entire lineup it would buy every we, we, that was the goal was to buy every single thing well actually it ended up being two of every single thing in the booth and when you think about cost of shipping and getting that back it, it becomes exponentially like unacceptable to say okay i'm going to spend 800 dollars. why don't we just drive so that's where our idea to drive came from so mm -hmm. we rented a van and we we started this journey and we we're like we're going to get to tennessee we're going to sleep we're going to we like piper said we had stopping points everywhere and then on the way there i wouldn't say that it the worst part on the way there was the fact that we had um got caught in dallas and it really delayed us so that we only got three hours of sleep then we picked up his friend and went up to new york we got there early 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 in the morning like 2 a.m and oh, wow. we wanted to get the um hbo exclusive children of the forest the metallic children of the forest so we immediately left and got in that line and we were waiting in that line for like seven hours yeah after after driving like 15 hours <laughs> yeah it, it was ridiculous and so we you know there's little touch points we had a great time at the convention we got one of pretty much everything we had like so many bags of stuff that we ended up taking back to us but then the the tables just turned and it was the trip back and i'll i'll take i'll let you take your portion of it but um we so we had a dodge i don't know if any, everyone knows it's like a dodge caravan is what it is i'll never rent another dodge again but <laughs> um, we had a Dodge Caravan and we were driving around the Beltway and it's in October. So it's, um, I don't know what that is in Celsius, but it's like 90, it was like 96 degrees here Fahrenheit. So that's like 30 or 40 something down there. I don't know what that is. Uh, sorry about that, but, uh, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were in, I, think, I think 90 is about like, uh, it's close to 30 degrees down here. Yeah. 
Okay. So it, and it was, it was hot and for October in the North. That's like ridiculous. So we were going around DC, Washington, DC, and we were going to drop his friend off. Well, I looked down at the gas and it says we have a quarter tank and I'm like, man, we've had a quarter tank for a while. All of a sudden uh, I, I press the gas <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't go. And it, it, Piper's like, what's going on? I'm like, it's not going, dude. It's not going. And so we pull off on a hill and then we're all standing in a circle. We're like, what do we do? Can we push this? And it was up a hill. So there's there no, no pushing. And it's uh, heavy uh, and it was full of a it's lot. Full of all your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so Piper just bolts off and just starts walking. He's like, I'm going to find a gas can. So we just walking up the side of the interstate. And this is like DC traffic at the worst time of the day. And it's 96 degrees out. Piper just disappears in the distance. And then I uh, call, I think I called Avis, which is the rental car company, to send somebody out to get it. They come back. Piper comes back. You had a gas can. Yeah, right? I found a gas can. I went to a gas station. I bought a gas can. I filled up with gas and walked back. It was a long walk, too. Yeah, it was. <laughs> You're drenched in sweat. Yes. And then his friend is sitting out there. I'm in the car. We're like, no, you know, no AC. They come, the, 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 Mechanics come, they fill it up, and Piper comes right with this gas can. Just and they start done. The car, yeah. <laughs> and we start the car and get out of there. And then we drop his friend off, and then I'll hand it over to Piper. So it's like the middle of the night we're driving, and I was on the phone with my wife, and I was just like telling her, like, hey, this, you're telling the story, this is what's going on. I had had the you know, the the car the van was on cruise control, so oh, I didn't have to pay attention to what I was doing. Um, but I guess it doesn't have like hill descent assist cruise control so we picked up some speed going down a hill i wasn't looking and then uh sirens and lights go off behind me and i'm like oh okay not a big deal whatever uh, i didn't know that in the state of virginia if so the speed limit was 75 in the state of virginia if you go over 75 or it's over 80 it was 70 and if you go over 80 you get reckless driving I, yeah I, so he pulled me over oh. and they charged me with reckless driving and he was like threatening to take me to jail. But he was like nonchalant about it. He was like, the he wasn't even rude about no, it. No, he, he was wasn't. Like, I could take you to jail, son. I could take you to jail right now. You know how fast <laughs> you were going. And like, I, I don't, it's like in Texas, it's like, if you're going over a hundred, that's when they start like, uh, don't do that, please, sir. Uh, not in this case. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, well, do you know them rental cars? They ain't got no cruise control assist on them. You, you got to watch your speed. I, I did probably take you to jail. And then Piper, Piper's like, okay uh, what do you want me to and do I'm, I'm asleep in the passenger seat I, I wake up like what's going on he's like dude i got pulled over i was like oh <laughs> so yeah and it, it, so he finally i told him i told him the whole deal like hey we we're just coming from new york we're going to texas i was like i didn't know that this was a rule here and so he was like okay and he was like well I'm not, i gotta write you a ticket you know i was like well how much is the ticket gonna be he's like well it's gonna be like 200 dollars. i'm like okay that's not the worst right He's like, but you're going to have to appear in front of a judge because uh, technically it's a felony. And I was like, what? Uh. Okay. So that led to me having to get a lawyer and all this stuff, which it, it ended up fine. I did have to pay. I had to pay like $500 is what everything was. But okay. that that was just like, it has definitely soured my like experience of like, Virginia yeah Virginia in general uh, <laughs> and that's where I'm from that's funny <laughs> so anyway but the rest of the way back it was not that well bad. it wasn't bad but we looked at each other and we like universally agreed we're not stopping we're just driving and we drove remember we were like nodding off oh. driving down the road and we finally got back but, that was yeah. I, it was my first experience of a KFC all-you-can-eat buffet I don't know do you guys have Ooh. Kentucky fried chicken 
We, we we do. I, th- I think I think the colonel's in every corner of, of the planet just about these well, days. Because I, I know it's in like Thailand. It is in the UK. Yeah. Okay. There we go. So Japan has um, it for Christmas. It's actually in Japan. Yeah. It, it it's it's a specific Christmas dinner that that people actually order in Japan as well. That's the wildest thing ever. Here's just like nobody eats there. Um, <laughs> I, I sold it. I sold this to Piper too. I was like, I "You gotta have the buffet." I man. didn't know there's a buffet at KFC. I did. I thought he was lying. I'm like, "You you mean Pizza Hut, right?" And he was like, "No, mm. it's at KFC." So we we every stopped at a bunch of KFC, and we finally found one that had the all you can eat buffet, and it was fine. It just tasted like it was terrible KFC. <laughs> but that was, <laughs> it did, that was I love I love the KFC buffets, and well, you, you just gotta find it. the right one. You know, I, I'm. I'm poor white boy from the the hills of Virginia. So it's like, what are you doing this weekend? Are we going to take the family down to KFC? And we, but the the thing is, is that was not the right KFC to go in. But that was uh, a that was our nightmare con experience. No, there's that. Well, I, I I mean, out of all of that story, all I got was KFC buffet. Now I have to check out a KFC buffet. I be able to load a plate with potato and gravy, and then. Yeah. That's what it is. I would much rather have it. I would much rather have Jolly Bee. Just put all of the chicken on. Oh, we forgot the, the Jolly Bee homeless lady in there too. Oh, yeah. we we thought we were going to get stabbed by somebody. All right, I'll well, tell that. Well, homeless people always tend to follow us, and this it's is you not because a, you always look like you're doing business. You always have business shirt on. You're, it's, you, he, I, I dress. I I I wear a t-shirt and shorts and flip flops everywhere I go. It could be ten degrees outside. I got flip flops on. So Ricky always has like a he's always like oh, I got my nice polo shirt on or I got a <laughs> I got a button down on. So we we're um we were walking down the street and there was this lady um she was most likely uh she 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 had smelled methamphetamine before and that's the that's the nice way to put it <laughs> and uh, she she was she was yelling at a lot of people um and as we were we because we were making our way to Jollibee because I'd heard so many things about it and I, I'm I love food. Like I'm a fat person. And I like only half of those people were in her head. I know. Yeah. So she's like, well, she was walking down the road. Did she, did she, was she on a Segway well, or was she yelling at someone on a Segway? No, she was yelling at someone on the Segway. Then we ducked in because the Piper has a, uh, what is the word? A phobia of, um, people coming up to you and asking you for money or something. I have a severe anxiety of feeling awkward and people making me feel awkward. So I don't oh. function well like that. I don't know what it is. I just like, I, I don't know. I, so I freaked out because also I thought she may hurt somebody. So that makes we go really awkward because I was actually about to ask you for 10 bucks at the end of the show. And I will, I'll, I'll, I'll Venmo you some $10. I'm fine with it. It's not the asking. It's like the people, I don't know. I don't, it's just, so we were like, okay, we were going to Jollibee anyway. We hurried up, got in there and we sat down and, you know, we ordered our food and we're eating. And this lady like busts in the front door and she just walks in and starts like asking everybody for like money. And she goes table to table asking people for money. And then she comes up to Ricky and she notices, oh, this man has money. So she walks over to you. What did, you, what did she say to you? I'm trying to remember because she came from the table behind and she's like, because she was almost, it was hysteric. So it was like, she was like panicked. <laughs> Give me money. And then she was like, then when somebody would say no, she's like, ah! And like hulked out yeah. and she looked at me and she's like are you gonna give me money and i was like uh, i didn't even like i don't even think i said anything yeah it was, it was just like, like no, dead silence. no thanks you can oh, wow. you can leave <laughs> and then they they find somebody like they they very aggressively like were like got in this lady's face the people that work there and they made her leave 
But I was, I thought, I was so scared. I thought something bad was really going to happen. You're going to get knifed in the, the You neck. don't ever know, man. That's a prison shiv. That's I right. know it. You're going to get it. It's made from a chicken bone. She yeah. just stabbed me <laughs> with an old chicken bone. A chicken bone and a piece of used dental floss. Uh, it was. It's it a was, nunchuck. Yeah. So, I mean, other than that, we, we ate pizza for seven days. So that was. I, it's a great experience. I recommend going to New York Comic Con. <laughs> if, if you could go to any of the big three, it's got to be New York. I like so, Emerald City better, honestly. I, I mean, I it's just the ambiance. I, I, Seattle is so good, too. I mean, yep. it, they're both good. Anyways. Well, I'll, I'll keep it very short because anyone who listens to the podcast knows, but I, I constantly am, am regretting the fact that I had 2020 tickets for San Diego and unfortunately, oh. that with the cancellation, so I didn't get. But that—that's all that story I'm going to tell because <laughs> people who've listened to the podcast would have heard me digressing and 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 talking about how much how upset I was about that. Uh, but it's funny this story, uh, you guys. I, I I have definitely had laugh out loud moments listening to the podcast, and it actually just reminds me when you're talking about this about the Mister Funko story, how the Mister Funko. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I definitely recommend anyone who's going to go and check out your your podcast to go and listen to episode one to one hundred and twenty four, which is a, a recent episode where you actually do an AI script um, from Chat. I think was it Chat GTP? Yeah, Chat yeah, GPT. Yeah. yeah. Um, was the, that the top hat uh, monocle one? Yes, the top hat monocle. <laughs> I, I won't say anything more because I don't want to spoil it, but definitely if people got a kick out of that story that you were telling, they should yeah. definitely go check out the episode with Mr. Funko. Actually, we have 126. We also have, so I think we're going to do like an every other episode now from going forward. We are going to have uh, story time with Mr. Funko. And it will. Oh. So it's, it's a reoccurring thing now. It's going to be the end of every show is going to be a chat GPT story with Mr. Funko. Oh, I'm I'm only about halfway through that episode. Um, I was nice. listening earlier. Uh, I, I got up to the part where you guys were talking about um, basketball cards and uh, oh yeah, yeah, and and Pokemon cards and, and things mm -hmm. as well. Uh, but let's because this is obviously a collecting podcast as well. Mm -hmm. I'd love to get uh, each of your individual uh, feelings on 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 collecting. How has being a part of the pop collectors alliance has that changed your collecting journey has it expanded it uh do you need to be more like this is a, a lot of questions in one go but do you need to be more refined now like because you see so much stuff coming through the store do you have to be more controlled in in how you collect oh man um i'll take i'll let you take the store part but yeah. I'll, I'll take the uh how our my collector's journey sort of expanded with the pop collectors alliance i think as a collector growing up you didn't really know how expansive the world could be of collecting mm -hmm. and you know circa 2013 14 when i started collecting funko it was very topical it's like i i saw something in a store i liked it it was great and then uh, sort of as we began the pca and peeling, I, I said this once already, but peeling back the the curtain and seeing this whole macro level economy that's behind collecting and strategies and just how, I don't know, intertwined everyone is. I mean, there's so many great things about collecting and the PCA has offered us. We've been able to, been invited to conventions to speak. We've 
we've been in the community space, we've been in the exhibitor space, we've been, you know, attendees and lines, and we've been with people with Funko and and collectors. And I mean, we still haven't broken into the boards yet because you know that that's the whole Funko <laughs> Insider thing. But we kind of know the background, and I yeah. think it's a blessing and a curse sometimes, more of a blessing than a curse, because I'm so OCD when it comes to things. So I always want to be the guy that knows like I can get this and I can get that, but there's some glass ceiling that you can't break through in that background, like protos or, or things along those mm. lines. So that can be the disappointing aspect of it, but all of the good outweighs that to just being able to see how, you know, collectors, it doesn't matter what walks of life you're from, what, what political backgrounds, whatever you have, everything kind of drops and everybody, we always talk about the line stories. When you're wa waiting in line and you sort of bond with people we met you know josh and mike from talking pops and we you know expanded into other podcasts and people that we've just built relationships over the years that you may not in a normal day ever be with those kind of people so i think from the expansive world of what collecting is uh, i think that it's offered us a tremendous look into what that is and we're blessed because of that and uh, you know, I mean, there's bad there, but there's far more good. Nice. Nice. All right. So as far as the store goes, um, <laughs> he's like all grumpy. <laughs> I had to curmudgeon. It's, it's bad. It honestly is. Um, so I previously I was pre 2020. I was very much a, I want to buy everything that I see that I like. And that became a problem. Uh, yeah, it <laughs> I, can. I think, it can. Uh, I had, I think at peak, I had like about 1,450 pops. And that's just my Funko stuff. That's not including action figures or trading cards or any of that stuff. So Is that all? Yeah, that's all. That's, that's, <laughs> nothing. that's nothing, man. Um, so I had all that. And then everything, the world collapsed. And I kind of got to a point where I was like, well, it's not as fun, I think, like just buying things online. So I kind mm. of, that was my brick wall I hit. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop this and instead I went through I purged a thousand pops and mm, wow. by do yeah I, I got rid of a lot of stuff and with that I was able to basically pay off all our debt. Um nice. so I paid off like three credit cards and paid off my car and then a couple other things. So it was it was a good chunk of money and, and I'm really thankful for for my my bad spending habits previously because it, it ended up being a, a way for really to help me out like help the family out so after that oh hang on sorry it just it just glitched out for a second there i saw that you disappeared oh hang on a second am i still i think i'm still recording yep great Are so you? yes yes and then so, after that you said and then and after, and after that. that yeah and after that that was the last thing you said then after that i um we got to the we worked our way to eventually we got to the store I, I continued buying things but it was more of like it was very like selective and there was there just wasn't a ton of things that i was picking up that was that was my own stuff that i really really wanted and, uh -huh. and then we opened the store and i started we started getting things in again and it was like oh no this is like rekindling this like <laughs> i gotta get all these cool things and when we first opened the store like the first year it was like it was a internal struggle uh with my demons of where i'm like oh i want all these things for myself but i need to sell them so we can make rent <laughs> like so that was <laughs> that was hard and 
throughout that year, I kind of like came to the realization of like, I need to like focus things. And we've talked about that before where we need to like, you know, you need to focus your collecting, like pick the things that you're really passionate about and not just because at the beginning of Funko, like you could buy every single thing you saw because there wasn't a ton you were seeing. And now Funko puts out like 3000 different things a year and it's impossible. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. And now I'm, I'm very focused. I'm pretty much just like, I collect wrestling things and I collect Freddy Funko. That's pretty much it as far as like Funko goes. And then, you know, I, I do Pokemon and magic and stuff like that. But as far as like physical things, I do that. And then occasionally I'll pick up a couple like designer toys, like, you know, small production, handmade kind of things. I'll, I'll do that as well. But it definitely, it was really bad at first. And then it got, it, it helped me realize like, hey, this is, here's the right path to go down. Cool two totally different sort of stories there as well. But I get that willingness to to buy everything or, you know, the desire, I should say, sorry, to, to buy everything that you see that you're a fan of. I, I did that for a while, though, with, with my Funkos. I, I didn't end up over a 1,000 Funko, <laughs> I have to admit. But I did uh, – I, I have gotten to over 300, and I had to mm. sort of slow that down as well before it got too far out of hand. I will preface that was I've been collecting since like 2012, 2013. So at least it was over a good span of time. It wasn't like I've had people, we've had conversations with people where they're like, oh, I just started collecting and I have 500 already. I've done that in six months. I'm like, dude, you need to slow down. Yeah, like, you got a problem. There's a, we, need, we, need to, we need to reel it in a little bit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Technical difficulties right in the middle here. We will get back in a moment to the discussion with Rick and Piper, but I'll take this little brief interlude while editing this section to let you know that if you do enjoy this conversation and you want to hear more, you can go over and check out their podcast, because right after we finish recording this episode, I actually recorded an episode for their podcast with them and was a guest on their show, so you can continue the last, continue to hear this really awesome conversation over there. And yeah, with that, let's get back into it. All right, so recording again now. Uh, welcome back. Hang on. We just had some technical difficulties, but we're, we're back. So I do apologize if, if you heard things breaking up there during the recording, but we'll edit it out the, uh, the gap that we had to get the technical issues resolved. We're back in now. Uh, the last thing I think we were talking about was essentially uh, me saying that I understood where we, you know, that desire to collect everything and that I'd stopped collecting. Well, I haven't stopped collecting pops, but I'd slowed down a bit. And once I'd hit about 300 marks. So uh, let's go from there. Well, what I remember saying was, you know, my, the amount that I had accumulated was over like, since I've been collecting since 2012. So yeah. it's not like I did it in a day. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, and then, yeah, so it, it's, it's it's been a progression for sure and i think i went to one of the things that you learn as being an exhibitor or owning a store is that there's a different aspect to what that means and and early on in the podcast we had this like big thing that we focused on that was sort of our uh our moral set like don't flip right and it's no flip zone yeah the no flip zone wow 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 do the air we horn. abandoned that and and so i think that <laughs> you quickly we quickly realized you know as being people who exhibited having a store is that 
there's more to it than just the simplicity of having a no flip zone. And, you know, our targeted audience at that time was, you know, people that were frustrated because when Funko grew to such a large scale in 2016, 17 and 18, mm. it was hard to find things on shelves. I, I can only imagine what you guys had. And we try to combat that, but then we quickly realize that sometimes as a collector, you have to get the things that you don't want in order to get the things that you do want. And by that, you know, that's the aspect of owning the store and being at conventions when you're taking trades and you're buying things from people or, uh, and even it's your own personal collection. It's like, Hey, I don't necessarily want the Grady twins chase from target. I do. Um, but <laughs> I know that I can get this exclusive Batman or this exclusive Superman or or some piece that you're looking for. So I think that's one of the things that has sort of changed us too on our journey. Yeah. And actually talking about the exclusives and things like that, as I mentioned uh, right at the start, the way that I found you actually was when I first started listening to the episodes where you were talking about Funko NFTs. And this is obviously a different type of exclusive now that is available in the market. And I know that you guys are very, very much into all of those different drops that happen as well. Mm -hmm. um, as well as I think, I, I think I heard you guys talking about the Hot Wheels ones as well. So you've been part of a few different of those digital collectibles as well. Uh, tell me about your experience so far with that. And how do you see the collector sphere going um, in, in that direction? Well, I think the first piece, uh, from my perspective, is, is something that we talked a long on the time on the podcast, is that it's exclusivity. And as collectors, you like numbered things. Some people do, some people don't. But a vast mm -hmm. majority, I'll go and say it's 80% 80, 80 or more. You know, We like to get exclusive things, specifically in lines that you collect. So I think what the NFT market has created is a unique opportunity. And it's not that hard. Like the The boundary for entries harder than going to a convention i'll say that like just learning the process and the wallets and the setups but they've made it so easy over time to where they are today to, that mm -hmm. that boundary has come down a little bit but i think that if you get a line that you like game of thrones for me um you, you know it, it gives you an opportunity as a collector even these coins like if i buy it after it's released i'm gonna pay 40 more percent than what i would if i just bought a redeemable coin and I don't want to get too deep into the NFT world, but I think it creates what we had always talked about that Funko needed to do is take a set like copy sports cards or collectibles and have these limited edition runs that you can get. And then you have that both with the, the digital cards that you collect, those NFTs, but then you also have the utility that we talk about in those episodes 109 to 112 of I get something physical for it. And it, you know, it's a unique type of collecting. I don't know long-term what that sort of morphs into. And I think it's going somewhere. I think this is current state and the best that they can do, but I think it's, it's going to grow and expand. Uh, but from a business aspect too, and I'll close it out is that as a business, you can project your earnings and you can also secure sales to a certain point that no, no, knowing that you can sell these things on the market and get your money back right away and make profit. Mm. And then on the secondary market, you're taking a little bit out of every trade and transaction. So it's it's kind of like almost utility for Funko and their shareholders to say, if we're going to do 12 NFT releases this year, we know the average NFT 
brings this much profit. And we know that with the logistics issues we've had since COVID that we can forward project these out over a year and really ensure that we get the product to the customer without any delay. Unless it's the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers ones that should have been here like six months ago and they still aren't. Yeah, but I mean, as a whole, if you look at what Funko <laughs> has, that failure rate is far lower than, you know, all of the other product lines. So this is true. I have uh, I have the Transformers line, which was the first one that, that I jumped into. And then they brought out the DC line and, and you can't really see them very well because the light's reflecting off the off the cases at the moment. But I actually have the DC, the, the Batman, uh, Gotham by Gaslight, uh, Batman, mm-hmm. DC, DC Rebirth, and then in the middle here is is um, uh, Freddie Funko as Batman as well. Uh, so I've got those first series ones from the DC, and and now that they're just about to release the Dark Knight one, I'll definitely be going for that drop as well. Uh, I'm not a big Batman collector at all. Like that's probably like my least favorite thing, and I'm really excited about the the, the Dark Knight. The one. Dark Knight, yeah, yeah. That's like of any Batman, that that's my favorite. I'm a little. A little sad that there's not a Joker in there, but I get it. Mm-hmm. They probably don't have license to use Heath Ledger, but you know, other than that, it's uh, it's it's a great set. I'm excited for it. Solid lineup. Yo, the one suggestion that I saw that I, I did agree with, and and I think that Freddie Funko as Commissioner Gordon is fine. I actually w- would have been one of the ideas I came up with myself if if they asked mm-hmm. me to to do that. Uh, but I think no, another one that I saw someone suggest was the Joker, like the from the nurse scene when he's dressed up as the nurse yeah uh, that'd be epic. Yes. yeah if, if they had a done, done freddy as that that would have been great i think uh that that's a great time to to sort of wrap things up we've we've had technical issues uh, not not as much as the the drive to new york to new york <laughs> <laughs> uh but i i do appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to me um and yeah, before I let you go, I always get people to plug their socials and where people can find you. Where can people, first off, find the Collectors Alliance? Where can they find the store? And, uh, yeah, you guys in particular. Uh, if you want to check out the store, I'm going to say, unfortunately, it is super expensive for us to ship anything to Australia. So I'm sorry to <laughs> everyone down here. But uh, um, PCAToys.com is our website. You can go check it out. Uh, Instagram at PCAToys. You can check out the podcast literally on every platform in existence, except Audible. I don't know how to get on Audible. Yeah. But everywhere else, you can just look up Pop Collectors Alliance. We're there. Uh, website's popcollectorsalliance.com. Um, we have a Facebook group. Uh, you can just search official Pop Collectors Alliance Facebook group. It's pretty awesome. There's a lot of really nice people in there. So is there anything else? No, that's good. Just you did better than me. Just search it on the internet. We're there, everywhere. Nice. We have a YouTube nice. channel too that we haven't put anything on in like three years. But it's coming. Uh, oh, I know. I've, I'm I saw prepared. that. I saw that. I actually did look on YouTube as well to see if there was anything else on on there, and I saw oh. that there was the, the three years ago uh, mm-hmm. doing a, a mystery box opening. I think we did a lot of stuff. We years. actually used to have a studio in like downtown. Well, it was Brandon's, but like we had like a really nice studio and. uh he he we had to give it up but uh it was uh we we did some but there's some stuff out there so if you want to if you want to watch us open some boxes of things we we did that and then uh when you get hit by a drunk driver driving home from a 3 a.m recording session uh you don't want to record videos anymore there's a bad (laughs) stigma around it no we have a space now so it's like we're 
we have studio and we have room and we'll be able to shoot stuff and then maybe our, our podcast will be a video podcast very soon i have to ask there's a, there's a story i've missed there what's the what's the getting hit by oh man a drunk driver no we were so when we recorded those last youtube videos i was driving home at like 3 a.m in the morning we had left dallas and i was driving back and i got hit by a drunk driver and he was driving like 90 miles an hour oh and, no yeah, yeah and on top of that your vehicle was loaded full of pops that we had just done a giveaway for for patrons and there was probably like oh there was a lot of value in there like yeah there's a ton of pops in there and they were all destroyed yeah so like uh, every, but i walked away so that's what was that's important. the important thing is you <laughs> did not get dead yeah. but yeah so like it was it, it definitely and then at the same time my phone had died and i was i lived like oh man like two hours away so i had to drive back from we we're in dallas i had to drive to waco it was like two hours south and my phone was dead and so my wife kept trying to call me and she was freaking out like i had died and then she reached she got a hold of ricky and she was like have you heard from sean he's like no i was just in a car accident <laughs> my car is total and she's like oh god he's dead and then, <laughs> and then i got home and she was real pissed at me she's like your phone was dead and i was like i don't have a charger i'm sorry we, we got people leaving people hit by drunk drivers it's a crazy night which is crazy uh -huh. I mean, yeah. So. Never a dull moment at the PCA. It's always fun. It's always a good time. <laughs> well, look, I'll uh, I'll drop those links in the description as always, so that people can can find you guys. Sixty percent of my listeners are actually out of the US, so if you are in oh, the nice. US and you are in Texas and you can go into the store, say hello. Or if you're at one of those conventions and you see the the, the PCA guys, uh, go say good day and tell them that JD sent you. Um, in the meantime, I think to wrap this up, should we uh? Do a little PCA style uh, wrap up here. I'm down with that. Okay, G give us give us your best PCA ending on collecting heroes. I'm Rick and I'm Piper. Good night. And I'm JD. Oh, don't don't get hit by a car. <laughs> I love you. Bye. <laughs> if you like the episode, please consider following or subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also join me on Instagram at collecting where you can see photos of the collections of the people that I'm talking to, as well as some of my own.